Hey everybody, Alex here. Uh, the original plan was to have our first episode be with Coach Chamberlain, but because of the weather and the blackouts, um, we believe he's living a pioneer lifestyle at the moment. So we can't get in contact with him and we can't do a Zoom with him. So instead we had this episode recorded with Ethan and Kirsten and we wanted to get that out right now instead of having to wait another week to try and interview Coach. So please enjoy. Welcome to Shields Up Showcase. I'm Alex Glast. And I'm Will Acevedo. And we're here with Ethan and Kirsten, and they are two amazing swimmers for St. Mary's Hall. So we're going to ask them some questions about their brilliance in the pool. Yeah, I'm yeah. super happy to be here. I'm Ethan. Hello, I'm Kirsten. So, I mean, just to get some bio out of the way, Ethan, you won the 100 freestyle and the 100 breaststroke, if I'm not mistaken, correct? And you hold, you got the state records, right? Yeah, I have the, I'm a two-time D2 champion and a one-time D1 champion. I hold two state records for Division Two for TAPS. And then, Kirsten, you won the 100 freestyle championship this year, and then I also heard that you recently committed to SMU, so congratulations. Thank you. I also won the 100 backstroke. I won both of my events. Oh, congratulations. Sorry, I didn't see the backstroke one. Yeah, we're sitting here with champions, Will. Come on. <laughs> okay, so I think a good question to start off is uh, swimming and school balance. Because I know from talking, from being friends with Ethan and talking to him, I know he has a lot of uh, time devoted to swimming and stuff like that. So I'd, I want to hear from Ethan and Kirsten about that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's definitely hard at first, but you get used to it because you devote so much time to swimming and then so much time to school and you really have to segment and plan out your days. And as times have gone on, I've gotten a lot better at it. There's still, t and there's still times though where I have to stay up late at night getting stuff done. But really if you segment it down and break it up, it's not that hard. I definitely agree. And I've sort of been doing this since I was six, sort of balancing schoolwork and swimming and then Definitely when I got into eighth grade and was swimming early mornings and afternoons every day, then I really had to find the time to get my schoolwork done. But I, I think it's pretty manageable overall. So would you say swimming has like helped you guys build a work ethic, like really just putting in that extra work and trying to be the best you can be? Definitely, definitely. Like especially the early morning practices because nobody wants to get up at like 4.15 and go to practice like we did last year. Nobody wants to do that. But when you do that every single week, it becomes ingrained in you and it transfers over to other aspects in your life. And I found that like in my schoolwork because I'd be more proactive about it because I want to go to bed. Just so the audience at home knows, how much do both of you practice like each day? Like what's your uh regular schedule it's Kirsten like, probably answering this one. um it's like two practices a day three times a week and each practice is an hour and a half or more so it's it's a lot and then saturdays are three hour practices wow so you guys are you guys are in the pool a lot um actually kirsten had touched on this a little bit before uh you said you you've been swimming since you were six years old right yes Right. And Ethan, how long have you been swimming? I've only been swimming competitively since I was 14. 
Oh, right. Okay. But like in general, how long have you? I've been, oh, so I've been like swimming summer league since I was five or six, but I never took it seriously until eighth grade. What made okay. you guys like really hone in on swimming as the sport that you wanted to compete in? I enjoyed it because one, I was just had always had a lot of fun in the water because you know, especially I started in the summer league and it was so hot outside, and I always wanted to cool off and jump in the pool. So I really started that way. But then as I started competing in summer league, I enjoyed seeing how the work I put in in the pool directly was seen in my races and if you worked you improved and I loved that direct correlation that's one thing that made me want to pursue the sport. Yeah I also started out in summer league when I was like five and my coach was he was the head coach of Trinity University so um, he sort of knew how to work with younger kids and sort of led me into a direction that was more professional and like more intense. Uh, so actually speaking of like that kind of professionalism, uh, we just talked about earlier how, uh, Kirsten, you, you said you'd committed to SMU for swimming, right? So I was kind of curious about like, where do swimmers go? Like is, I think most people, when they think about swimming, they think about like the Olympics, right? But, um, that's like, uh, you know, that's like a once every four years thing. So like, where do swimmers go? It's like, does it stop at college, the Olympics, like other clubs? Yeah, so and there's for younger kids, like 18 and under, it's all club swimming, really, for the fast people. A club in high school, but mainly club. But then after you turn 18, you go into college swimming. And so really the really good schools are like the pow- – what I think is the Power 5 schools. So a lot of big schools have really good teams. University of Texas at Austin, they've got an extremely good team. Cal Berkeley, extremely good team. A- Texas A&M, the list goes on. but Oddly enough, there's also a lot of really good and really fast D2 and D3 schools that like, you wouldn't really think of. And so that's something that's a little bit unique. And then once you graduate college, swimmers tend to stick with the college they practiced with in, in, during college, and they continue to train there if they're planning on going to the Olympics. What's kind of like the, the prime for swimmers? I know like with baseball, for example, players can play until they're in their late 30s. Like, Kind of what's the average age for a, a, a competitive swimmer who maybe does make it to the Olympics? Um, that's, that's really interesting because the way to get into the Olympics as a swimmer is the top two people in each event make it. And so um, Michael Phelps, for example, has been to like so many Olympic games and he's kind of very old. He has children. And so he, yeah. He's an example of a swimmer that's made it really far, whereas other swimmers like Missy Franklin, she went to only a few and she sort of stopped swimming like in her in her 20s. I'd say the prime is like early to late 20s because you don't you don't typically see swimmers going and swimming into their 30s at a super high level. And it's a really, really rare exception, especially on the male side to have swimmers in their teens swimming. On the women's side, they develop a little bit earlier, so it's more common to see women in their teens competing at the Olympics, but for men, it's basically unheard of. Yeah, that, that's something that's really interesting about swimming, even if it is kind of in rare cases, right? Uh, I think Michael Phelps is probably the most famous Olympic athlete. It's probably like him and Usain Bolt are probably the two most famous Olympic athletes of all time. 
and Michael Phelps has been swimming for like you know 20 years uh he qual- didn't he qualify for his first olympics when he was only 15 right so i i thought that is kind of an incredible thing about swimming and even if it's not incredibly common it's just one of those things that like ethan talked about earlier how you put in work and you can see results and then i guess like what i'm curious about is for both of you obviously you've shown you're two of the best swimmers in the state by winning state championships how are you keeping yourselves motivated, like to keep getting better and to keep working now that you've reached kind of the, the pinnacle for high school swimming? I just like to, I, I'm a big fan of self-improvement. I'm always chasing that goal for myself. I don't really like to necessarily compare myself to others. I don't really see any virtue in that. I don't see any gain in that. I like to compare myself to myself. I like to see what I can do and push my own limits. And that's really what pushes me. I think for me, um, swimming was just something I found and that I really loved. So I really love to work at becoming a better swimmer over time. And I, it's just something I really enjoy. Who, who would you guys like say your, your favorite swimmers are? Like, who's kind of your role model? I don't know necessarily role model, but my, one of my favorite swimmers right now is like probably Caleb Dressel because he's just he's one he's really fast but also he's just really really funny and he's really down to earth and really relatable he like when on his Instagram he posts pictures of his cows and his chickens and him playing the drums and it's just super fun to see a different side of the people that you that might idolize. Kirsten do you have like a swimmer that uh you have followed or? I mean when I was younger I had like I loved Missy Franklin, especially because we swim the same events, the same strokes. So I really, as a young age, I always wanted to be her when I got older. Ethan, you were just talking about how that guy you loved, he's down to earth, right? So like, do swimmers have like a culture? Like, is there like a thing that develops that like can influence like personalities or just how it is to be around other swimmers? I, if there is, I don't think I really noticed it that much. I mean, I, I think that a lot of the culture surrounding swimming is so focused on the time spent in the pool because you have to practice so much every day. There's not a whole lot of time to do much else. I, that definitely didn't answer your question at all. No, that, 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 that makes sense. You know, it's not like a, it's not exactly like a team sport. It, it is. It's definitely a lot more of a team sport in college. And then in high school, depending on where you go, at St. Mary's Hall, we don't really have – we have a team, but we don't have too many people on the team. So it's a little bit different. Um, What I've noticed is I think the girls sort of have more of that braggy culture, like the really good ones compared to guys. Like when you meet a really good guy, they're really down to earth. They aren't super cocky about how fast they are, whereas girls, um, a lot of them are really, really nice, but there are a few that I've noticed that are just like, oh, I'm better than you. Like, I don't really need to be talking to you right now. Or like, who are you again? Like, I don't know. I, yeah. And so I guess like kind of wrap things up. I know both of you are obviously probably going to swim. I know Kristen, like I said earlier, you've already committed to swim. What's that process been like for both of you uh, going through the commitment process? Okay, so for me, um, 
they colleges couldn't reach out to you until June of 2020. So right off the bat, I started talking to many different colleges. I talked to four colleges total. One of them lost their swim program. So I did like, I stopped talking to them and then they got it back, but I just, I stopped after that. But um, I talked to three Div one schools. And um, for me, SMU was like the top one the entire time. And then Miami of Ohio was also pretty far up there for me because they're both really good schools. They represented a really good like atmosphere, all that. And um, normally like non-COVID you go to recruiting trips with like a bunch of other girls or boys depending on your gender, but um, you go on trips and you sort of like get to know the college yourself, but that really didn't happen for me. So I had to find my own time to take trips and learn about colleges. And that was difficult, but I ended up with SMU and I'm happy about that. Kirsten, do you only visit SMU or do you visit others? I virtually visited others. Yeah, my process so far has been pretty similar. Like Kirsten, the NCAA stipulates that colleges cannot contact you directly before June 15th of your, I guess, sophomore summer. And so since then, I've been looking into different places to go. And I think it's been maybe a little bit of a blessing we didn't have recruiting trips this year because that way I'm really able to identify which colleges I'm actually really, really interested in and which ones I might want to pursue. Because looking back on where I think I, I probably would have visited this fall, that my list has changed since then. So I'm glad I've had that opportunity and I'm excited to see what's in the future. Well, I'm sure that any college out there is going to be happy to have either of you because uh, you guys have both proven yourselves to be amazing swimmers. All right. Well, uh, I think me and Alex just both want to thank you for coming. We, it's been really interesting and we appreciate you being uh, two of our first guests. Thank you yeah, so much. Of course. Much. I'm happy to help out. Well, all right, that was the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later.